Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. This episode of Choices Not Chances podcast is sponsored by Louisiana Gun Shop. Located on Highway 90 West in Broussard, Louisiana, just south of Lafayette. For more information, stay tuned at the end of this episode. This is Choices Not Chances podcast with Ryan and Matt. I'm your co-host, Matthew Shrett. Sitting next to me is Ryan Rogers. Ryan. Hey guys, welcome back to Choices Not Chances and... uh, just like every other episode, you see something something that touches you, something, uh, information that you need to get out to the rest of the population, rest of the community. Please share it to, to all platforms. Tag the show. Uh, tonight, I got a, a little bit different of an episode for you, but um, but all the same, there's goods to take out of it, just, just tons of nuggets. But uh, tonight, I have Dominic Williams on the show. He's a former NFL running back, played with multiple teams. Um, had an amazing, uh, you know, college career, and and we talk about life, life coming up, and the sacrifices made by, you know, families, uh, friends, and family members of his own uh, to get him to the path uh, and to get him to the opportunity uh, where he could uh, where he could succeed and and you know take football all the way to the top, and once he gets up, he takes a knee injury and then he takes another knee injury, and uh, and the career that was just within grasp starts to slip. And um, Dom has to make a transition. He has to understand, hey, no matter what, I've done this from, you know, the time I was 12 years old or or younger even uh, until well into adulthood. What do you do now? And you have to uh, reinvent yourself and refine yourself. And so we talk about that path of refining himself to a point where Dom now is impacting – impacting his community and the youth in his community in, in insurmountable ways. He has a transitioning athlete program where he mentors and talks to transitioning athletes. He coaches, he speaks, he now speaks uh, at diff- several different in, uh, uh, venues um, and, uh, and shows, you know, shows and talks about the way he came up and maybe the mistakes that he made and, and the good things that he did and, and, uh, and, and hard work and uh, perseverance in the face of diversity. Um, and so it's one, that, uh, it's one that I couldn't wait to get out there, just got it done, and, uh, and I'm excited for you guys to hear. Dom Williams, thanks for coming to the show, man. Oh man, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll start off with how we became acquainted, and then try to get into the uh, early life. Um, but but first, uh, Kyle Mahalix, uh, I know that that's a mutual friend that we have, and um, and I recorded him not long ago, and got to talking to him, and and it was great. We had a great recording, a great session, and then he put me onto your content. Say, hey man, this is one of the guys. I believe you went to high school together or all school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Went to high school together. Yeah. So he, yeah. So he's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta look into this man, two different worlds, but you know, worlds that have very similar, you know, like, uh, outcomes in the end for, 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 for guys. So, um, so yeah, I was like, absolutely try to line it up. And then I got sick and then, you know, finally here we are after a couple of months of trying to put it down and, um, finally got the new house, got the new studio, uh, put together. So, everything's feeling comfortable but um that's how we became acquainted and um and so let's get started we'll go with uh early life first i want to know like where you where you started um and the family uh the family dynamic you know mom dad brothers sisters 
And then uh, we'll touch on religion, if religion was in the home after that. But, like, how how did the Dominic Williams start? Oh, man, it was uh, definitely tough. Definitely, definitely it's tough. And trying to remember, you know, my start, it, it's kind of um, some PTSD. Uh, I will say that, you know, where I grew up in my hometown was was real, really, really rough um, uh, projects. Um, that's where we started. But my mother and my father both worked very hard to move us into a home once I turned seven years old. So, you know, I had my mother and my father in my life, my entire life. I still talk to them every single day, if not every day, every other day. Uh, me and my father will talk, you know, once a week or something like that. But, um, yeah, with, with that was, you know, my brother. I have an older brother, um, an older sister two older sisters actually um and another older brother and a younger brother so all of us didn't live together you know right so you know my dad had a few kids and my mom had two so the ones that lived with me was my older brother his name was milford um my older sister her name was marquita and my older brother his he was a little bit closer to me and kyle well kyle's age um his name was alex so you know, we kind of all grew up together. We were like, uh, we would be the entertainment whenever my family had, whenever my mom had uh, friends or something over. And uh, that's kind of where I got my shine, right? And this is how I knew I was going to be something in performing. I didn't know I was going to be a speaker. I thought I'd be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we um, as a family, we would perform in front of friends. And um, my leadership stuck out where I would have us practicing. <laughs> I'm the youngest of the family, but I have us practicing and I'm the lead singer. So. <laughs> my dad told me I had something special and I believed it and uh, took it all the way to the NFL, man. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So as you're coming up, um, you got some rough some rough uh, um, surroundings, let's say, you're coming up in a, in a yeah. rougher side of town. And um, what's that look like as you're coming up? I mean, as you're coming up, you don't really realize it until you're able to articulate what it was, mm. right? For me, it was family. Everybody was family. Everybody had their doors open. I can go in anybody's house that lived out there. Um, majority of them were, you know, my plate aunts and cousins. So, like, it was one big family. But, you know, you don't realize that some of the guys that you looked up to and that you were uncles, they were selling drugs and shooting and things like that. So... I didn't know in the moment what was I was experiencing or what I was into. Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't until I got older to where I was like, Oh, we were living like that mm -hmm. because I cried when we moved. <laughs> That's where all my friends were, you know, yeah. running around the neighborhood. I mean, I cried when we moved. I didn't yeah. want to move. Yeah. Um, but then I realized why my, my parents moved. Yeah. 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 How old do you think you were when you started to have that realization or you started to realize that your normal was not everybody's normal? College. College. Yeah. yeah. College when I experienced the other side of it. Okay. Right? So, so, okay. So let me interject, get me to college because at some point you're playing sports. When does that start? Is that an early childhood? We start playing sports or. Yeah. So I started playing t-ball and baseball baseball is my actual first love okay i love love baseball um so i i was playing baseball from 
four or five years old because I was a lot bigger than my age. Mm -hmm. I was playing baseball from four to five and all the way up until my freshman year of high school. Check. Now, you're playing pee like peewee or midget football as well, or? Yeah, I, I, I started playing football um, in, like, 1998, so I think I was probably, like, eight, seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I didn't even like it. <laughs> yeah. I liked playing in the neighborhood, but my I remember my first day where I finally got the pads on, and I'm, gee, like I said, I was big for my age, so, and... I'm thinking that I'm going to bully and push everybody. But yeah. it was a different story when you put the pads on. Yeah, yeah. So I remember going against one of my friends, you know, who actually was like one of my best friends. And uh, he hit me so hard. I told my dad, I, I, don't, I don't think I want to play football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to play this anymore. And, you know, one thing that my dad instilled in me and that his philosophy in the house was once you start, you don't quit. Yep. If you don't like it now, just stick it out for the rest of the season. If you don't like it at the end of the season, then you don't have to play next year. But once you start, you don't quit. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad they didn't let me quit because we see where, how that ended up. Yeah, it turned out working out, looks like. Yeah. So. That's cool. And so um, and so you don't quit and you play through high school. Um, mm -hmm. Take me through some of the some of the more inspirational or impactful moments of high school. Uh, high school sports particularly right so i'll tell you um kyle right kyle was a senior when i was a freshman okay and i kind of came into i don't know if you remember this story but i kind of came into camp late because i was traveling with the all-star team playing baseball okay so i came into football camp late and a lot of my friends were saying uh you have to fight for a spot on the freshman team <laughs> And I'm okay with that, right? I'm a, like my, like I said, my dad is—he's a, a hardworking guy, so he's like, "Yeah, you gotta earn it." Yeah. I'm okay with that. So as I'm fighting for a spot on a freshman team, I ended up becoming the starting linebacker with the varsity team. Nice, <laughs> right? And I played the entire season as you know the start uh, strong side linebacker, Sam, mm -hmm. and you know. I wish we would have played running back. I, I I tell Kyle this. Hope he's listening when it when this comes out. I should have been playing running back. We probably would have went a lot further than we did. <laughs> I'm just saying. I hope the coach well, is Kyle, listening. Kyle, Kyle, yeah, Kyle was the quarterback. So okay. He, yeah, he was good. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, he had nothing but uh, but high words of praise about you, and and uh, want to make sure that we linked up. So that's that's too cool. So, um, you guys, how far did you guys go? Ah, uh, man, we only won. I think we won like seven games that year. Okay, and missed the play, we missed the playoffs. Okay, and then. You know, Kyle leaves, does what he does, and you're playing still, I would assume, right? Do you guys continue to get better as your uh, as you come up in high school and get older? Or I'm just trying to figure yeah. out, like, recruitment. That's going to be hard if you're not on a team that's getting exposure, you know? Right. So that's absolutely right. Um, and, you, and I'll tell you more about that story. So once Kyle and them left, um, the next, the following season, we had only won three games. And I still wasn't playing running back. 
they started to put me at running back a little bit, uh, fullback towards the end of the season. That's when I started to get a little bit more carries, and that's when Coach was like, okay, we got something. Until my junior year, I'm the starting running back. Mm -hmm. Now we're winning more games. We go into the playoffs, and we lose to the championship team in the semifinals. Nice. I mean, they had, I mean, it's not nice to lose, but that's making it deep, at least, you know. Right. So that was, you know, my junior year. Um, and that team we lost to, they had 17 Division One athletes. Holy smokes. We had none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we were tough, man. Like I said, where where we're from, you you we were we were coached really, really tough. So my senior year, um, still starting running back, but I'm facing a little adversity with the town and some of my players, right? Some of my teammates. Um I was getting a lot of shine and it and it wasn't received well by a lot of people on my team. Mm -hmm. So you you know, you know how that goes. So I tried to share the load where games where I, I could have taken over. I tried to share and you know, we lost a few games during the regular season, but again, we got back to the semifinals just the game before the championship and we lose um twenty to fourteen. Mm. And the team was beating us twenty to zero in the first quarter. Mm. That's a so, good game, right there. Yeah, I mean, it, and it and it was like a a two hour drive on a Friday night, where we it, a lot of us were tired by the time we got to the game, and we actually got to the game late. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we weren't we weren't really able to warm up for it. <laughs> so we we got down twenty to nothing, and then we just started coming back, and then you know there was. So many moments in a game where I should, I could have taken over, but I didn't. But that was me allowing other people's opinion to affect who mm -hmm. I was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's got to be hard. Like you see the varsity, uh, what was the, um, what was the one? Not varsity blues, but um, remember the Titans. Well, you see that one, and you see um, what was the TV series about the, Texas football? Friday night lights and stuff like that and like yeah like I couldn't have taken taken any pressure as a 16 or 17 year old kid don't put pressure on me like for anything I wasn't even in that situation but that's a hard thing and then if you're starting to get hated on because of the the shine like you're doing good for somebody and now you're getting hated on like that's got to be a lot you know going through psychologically for a young man to to go through and they you know it's cliche or or, or 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 age old let's say like it it happens every year there's kids coming up that are in these situations every single year and and so that's it's an interesting thing to look at um but it, it's it's also for me it seems odd that uh it seems odd to me that your own teammates would not like I feel like I would want that yeah hell yeah we got the you know, we got the running back that's tearing everybody apart, you know. So, like, Andy's getting you exposure where exposure might not have been before. So, it seems strange to me, but um, I guess that's humans, right? Right. I never I never really understood it, man. Was, that per was there any personal beef or was it strictly about the shine? I think, I th man, nothing personal. I I'm, I'm reserved. I'm laid back. Um, I get along with everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't really have much to say unless you ask me questions. Mm -hmm. You know, I hang with the same people. Like, like it, it's crazy to look back that on my team, 
it's probably about three or four people that went to prison for murder. Oh wow. <laughs> it was gang members on the team, like everything you can name. So I, I, I it's it's hard to fathom exactly what you go through until you have to tell the story. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. to me, they were just my friends I grew up with. But mm-hmm. you look on paper, these are drug dealers, murderers. Some of them are doing very, very well for themselves now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What was the key, um, at least coming up through high school, what was the key to to not getting sucked into that riffraff, to not um, – because it's easy. I, I think it could be easy to get sucked into that, especially when everything's just going right. You're crushing it. You got your, fr- your friends are in it. I mean, it's hard if your friends are in some stuff to not be in some stuff. So, like, what's right. what's that look like? It's just choices, man. At the end of the day, I knew that I didn't want to have to walk around – and look over my shoulder everywhere I went. Mm. Um, I love my life, so I didn't want to be in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I I never, I thought the the beef, quote unquote, was just dumb. It's like you live here and we live there, and that's why you're in, you're fighting. So I, I a lot of the stuff just didn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. and I like women. I like girls. I I didn't want to be. I didn't want to have to argue with you for nothing. I just wanted to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And talk to girls like that was my mission and, and make money. Like I was an entrepreneur in high school. Yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, my I had bouncy houses. So that was a business that we ran together. You know, I was folding up bouncy houses every weekend and working at Wawa during after practice. I didn't really have time for it, man. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, uh, it's like all that bullying and drama seems to end right there when people become adults. And if you're being an entrepreneur and doing adult things in high school, you don't have time for that. You don't have time for the drama. You don't care about the drama for a lot of people when they ain't got nothing else going on or they're, Maybe even they're privileged to the point where they're able to sit and just bathe in everybody else's drama. I don't get that. Um, yeah. Even some adults do that. You know, I've seen adults that do it. So especially with the social media age and you know right. everybody's drama being a being a click away or a you know phone swipe away. So, but um, gotcha. So at what point do you at what point are you noticing that you know or the shine is as you say is on you enough to know that you could take this to the next level? Um, man, I, to be honest with you, I didn't think it was enough. Mm. Um, because I, again, when you're in it, you don't realize what's going on. So not only was I the starting running back, I was the starting middle linebacker calling the defense. I was the kicker. I was the punter. I was the punt returner at times. I was the, kick returner at times Mm -hmm. so i had a lot of roles on the field to where i had to preserve my energy throughout the game Mm -hmm. now if it was if i had if i had the opportunity to just play one position i probably would have been all american (laughs) yeah yeah but i the last a true 60 minutes without coming off of the field Yeah, yeah 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 you know so for me i wasn't even recruited out of high school for that reason okay my yeah, my my film wasn't good enough for some coaches. Sure. But they didn't understand why. So, 
Okay, so what happens? You graduate high school, you do a walk-on situation, or, or what's this look like? So, so by, from not getting recruited, I was determined. I emailed about every college coach in the world. <laughs> I just was emailing them. I would show up to camps. I would try to compete with guys. And nothing was happening for me. Um, I would say one school probably was, you know, the University of Maine. I think they were interested, but um, for some reason, my my film wasn't getting out. And this is back when it was VHS tapes yep. and DVD. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know, they were trying my transcripts and film, and they couldn't for some reason. Um, so I ended up asking. Um, one of the guys in the neighborhood, he's also like a mentor and brother to me still to this day, um, who went to the University of Iowa, mm-hmm. played football at the University of Iowa. And I just showed him my tape and I said, do you think I could play at the next level with you been at Iowa? And this is after I graduated high school and everything. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't even going to college or anything. So we were working like a summer program for kids together. Mm-hmm. And I just showed him my video, my, my highlight tape and he said, absolutely, you can play. So he called his roommate, who was a, a coach at a prep school, um, a post-grad program. So when he called his roommate, he let his roommate know who I was. And his roommate said, we got a, we got seven or eight running backs. I mean, he could come up here and try out. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of these guys already have offers. You know, these sure, are yeah. top guys from the nation going to one prep school but you know maybe he may he may find something and mm-hmm. i'm just like man all these opportunities yep. just let me come yeah so i go so i went to a post-grad program called milford academy that's where i went check now okay so so walk me through this you just went up there to the camp and you showed out and they were like yeah we'll take this dude i mean is that how that went down or pretty much yeah. um I, like I always refer back to my parents because they instilled something tremendous in me that I didn't even know, some tremendous values. Um, my dad always taught me to outwork everybody. And my mom always taught me to be patient. So while you're working and you're not seeing the results, just keep working and be patient. It'll come. So as I got to the camp, everybody was already there for a long time. They were running and doing everything they were doing. Um, I busted. I, I, I outworked everybody. I was, although I started off, you know, not coming in first in sprints in the first week, that second week, I, I'm not even the second week, in three or four days, I was winning every sprint, mm-hmm. leading every pack. I, I was the leader of everything that we did. I, I was the dog. I was, I turned my Ray Lewis on. That's what, <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I turn my Ray Lewis on. I motivated guys, and um, I'm being myself. And the coaches saw that, and they said, "We want you to be here, mm-hmm. but but it's gonna cost nineteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars." You know, that wasn't something that my parents just had to give. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> my mother was so determined to for all of her kids to do what they wanted to do. She said, "If this is what you really want, and you believe in it, I'll find a way." So, you know, my mom and her friends, they started a little to form a group to sell, you know, food platters. <laughs> my mom was about 
sell her car and trade her house in and do anything for me to go to this school. And while I'm up there, I get a phone call. And, oh, man, whew, I get a phone call from my mom, and she's kind of in tears. Um, my senior year, my aunt was murdered by her boyfriend, and she was a correction officer. And she had a life insurance policy. So while I was up in school and we were trying to figure out how to pay for me to go to school, um, my mom called me and my grandma got money from my aunt's life insurance policy. Wow. So from that life insurance policy, they paid for me to go to that school. Wow. So the rest was history. There was no turning back. <laughs> yeah, you got to win. Yeah. It, it has yeah, to work. Awesome. It's not awesome how how it happened, but that's that's wild. Uh, that's a wild start to the story. Um, yeah. So you get this, you get this money, you get into Milford Prep. Is that what you said? Yeah, Milford Academy. Milford Academy. Okay, and you said that's a post uh, a postgraduate prep school from from high school. Yeah, so it was almost like thirteenth grade. <laughs> <laughs> check, check. I got you. <laughs> All right, and so how how long you play that play with the, play there for a year? Nah, cause so, so a lot of kids go to that school if they don't have the grade point average to get into the college or university that okay. have a scholarship from, or the SATs don't align. Mine, mine were good. Mine were all. I'm sorry about that. Mine were good. So um, when I got there, I was just trying to get recruited because I wasn't recruited really out of high school. Right, right. So a lot of my teammates had already had scholarships to like the University of Florida, uh, Pitt, you know, the University of Miami, sure. USC. Like it was guys going all over the place. So if I I knew that if I could play with them, I could play anywhere in the country. Yeah. And that was that was my sell to my mom and my dad. It was like, yo, these guys are ranked in the nation and I'm better than them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know for mm -hmm. that I'm better than them. Just let me get there and I promise you I'll make this money back for y'all. And it paid off. I ended up getting recruited by a ton of schools, but without knowing the recruiting process, I ended up going to a college um where my best friend was playing basketball at. Okay. So I it was D one and they were offering money, so I just went to the college and and college ended up being Wagner College. Okay, Wagner. Yeah. Okay, got you. And uh, where's that at? First of all, uh, Staten Island, New York. Okay, check, check. Yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't find that in my research. <laughs> so tell me about that. Tell me about uh, obviously there's going to incorporate. Um, you moving, you going there? Did you go to check the college out or was it like, I got an offer, I'm going there? Uh, well, I, well, I had offers from a few other colleges. So I, I did take some visits. I went to, um, man, I went to, I took an official visit to the University of Iowa as well. They ended up not giving me, they ended up dropping me from the scholarship. And um, funny because the coach that I, that had me on my visit when I was at the University of Iowa, ended up coaching at Wagner. So huh. I went to Wagner just to go and have fun and get away from Milford Academy. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that I would actually go to school there. Uh. 
So sure. I had only I was only going to Milford for a semester. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. after the football season was over in November, I was home all the way until the next August. Which is when you went to Wagner. And that's when I went to Wagner, yeah. All right, so earlier you asked the question of when did you realize that your reality isn't the same as others. You say it's in college. How far into that uh, was you, you um, you're talking about Wagner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's when, you know, I, I, I started to read more. Um, I wasn't really a reader. Actually, my reading comprehension was probably on like a seventh or eighth grade level once I got to college. Um, I didn't want to embarrass myself, so I used to go into the library at like 12 midnight when nobody, in the basement of the library <laughs> when everybody would be partying or something. I would go and sneak into the library and like kind of teach myself new words and how to read and like how to retain what I just read. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would read, I would read it decent, but I wouldn't receive it well, so I wouldn't be able to spit it back out to me. Mm-hmm. So once I started being able to read and understand, um, again, how to articulate myself and express what I went through, that's when I started to realize, like, oh, I went through some stuff. Yeah. And, you know, although I may not have went through the same thing that a lot of my friends went through, I still went through a lot of stuff. And I'm like, oh, this isn't normal because I got friends who parents buy them Porsches just to come to school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it were it was, it was friends that you know they were mad that their parents denied their credit card and I'm like here I am I'm got twenty dollars in my pocket thankful <laughs> so, so thankful that you got the opportunity yeah yeah. So thankful. yeah so you know that's when I started to realize like wow this is a totally different world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's weird as you get older how you start to look back and you see things. Either it was just so so much different than what you thought when you grew up. Um, yeah, a lot of people a lot of people see that. A lot of people talk about that. So uh, now now seeing this other side or seeing did, did that did that cause uh, animosity or beef or anything or was it just it was all good and now we're here and you're gonna work? Well, for me it was it was a realization. It was like yo, that's obtainable. Hmm. I see you, I see how you behave, I see you're a regular human being, I met your parents. So I'm like, oh, I can have that too. Mm. You, there, there is no, you're no different than I am. So that's when it was like, okay, mm-hmm. ah, okay, now I just need to figure out how they did it. Because mm-hmm. you know, my normal life was in the hood. You know, like literally, I, I didn't know that, that the way that I was living wasn't normal or it wasn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say not necessarily normal, but it wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's hard. That's hard to level with, too. Um, I mean, I, I don't have I don't have your same situation. But, you know, like, for instance, when me and Kyle went to Marja, their normal is so drastically different than what even like anybody in the West is normal is. And so that's weird. And, you know, and then you see, oh, there's free people or, or you see all oh, these kids, you know, like I can do that, you know, or, or hopefully we can breathe that in, you know, while we were over there. But just like you, you're seeing these other kids, like there is another side to this and it is obtainable. That's like, uh, it's almost like a, um, um, like, like such a freedom to know that. 
Like I feel that right. same way. Like when I see people speaking, I, I like I like uh, I follow Eric Thomas, uh, the hip hop preacher. I love his work, man. I love his work, and I seen him like maybe I don't know, like six years ago. I started watching his little, you know, his Instagram videos and stuff like that. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is just another guy. This is a guy that's able to empathize and um, and synthesize information in a raw emotion emotional and um inspirational tone and he's changing hundreds of thousands if not millions of people's lives for the positive um just by speaking to them i got to figure this out and that was like my drive to go into school to to speak to like to get that and so it's just it's it's amazing um amazing what can happen i kind of got lost in what my point there was but but uh yeah we can move on um let me ask you that let me ask you this was um before we get too much further into into football what you speak now was that something then like is that something that you had um wanted to do or 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 did it all i i know you talked about performing you know being younger and performing did that keep on all the way through school did you have some kind of performance aspect um yes not not to cut you off my bad no please um so in actually in high school, um, I got into the drama club. Okay. Um, you know, my older brother, he was kind of, you know, he was my little, my older brother, he was unique, right? He, he liked different things. So, you know, everybody would kind of pick on him and call him spaceman. But my brother was very intelligent. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people didn't realize. So, um, he was, he loved acting and love to bring his ideas to, to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I saw him in acting, I was like, okay, let me try it too. So that everybody's not just picking on my brother, right? I'm popular too. So what you going to say now? I'm in, I'm in drama club, you know what I mean? So that was like my thought process behind joining the drama club and just trying different things. Um, and when I got into drama, when I got into acting, it was natural mm. because uh, it was something that I was doing my entire life. So I actually wanted to be an actor. That you know, that's what I really got. That was my passion. Mm. Um, but I would say Ray Lewis is my favorite football. Right? Sorry about that, man. No worries. It, uh, Ray Lewis is my favorite football player. So when I would see him in the middle of the circle on a Sunday afternoon and he's talking to those guys those men I mean man I would be ready to tackle the screen yeah, 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 man. And they would give me that snippet so I'm I was so passionate I would start acting like Ray Lewis at home <laughs> so my brother, you know, my brothers and sisters, they used to be like, yo, you got to go somewhere. Like, you're <laughs> And I would be like, if you ain't ready to wash the dishes, you got to go to bed because this is for grown folks. <laughs> you know, just going, <laughs> just like, you know, amped up. Like yeah. I was excited, taking my, ripping my shirts off, you know, and I, I was also into wrestling and things like that. So. It kind of translated, right? You know, when I got into football, I would just let it out. Yeah. You know, I would be frustrated, but I would also 
I'm not down in anybody. I, I'm trying to lift everybody up. Yo, we can do this. Yeah. And I, and I started. <clears throat> my teammates started clapping, and I started like, yeah, I like this. Yeah, yeah. So every year, I found myself in the middle of that circle. But the real work was done when, you know, we were on the sidelines, and so I can see somebody not feeling themselves, and I will go and talk to them, mm -hmm. and I would just motivate them that way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. Okay, this is my purpose. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until I was trying to find myself after football. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, 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 and we can come back, but I want you to dive into that statement a little long, a, a, a little further, um, and maybe we'll maybe we'll come back to that because maybe it's a little further forward. Because after football, um, so you play football uh, and you do very well. And you play football for a long time, from when you were little all the way up. And then when you don't have football, is that when you're saying you had to find yourself again? It's like find that yeah. new purpose again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I tore my ACL June 2018. Um, I think I got surgery in July. So I had some time to kind of think about what I wanted to do. Um, did I want to go back and play football or did I want to just end it right now? Cut, rip the bandaid off. You know, I kind of didn't want to let go because <clears throat> I saw the potential. Mm -hmm. I saw what I was able to do while I was in the NFL, but I really didn't get my true shot. Right. I didn't get my true shot. Although I was, you know, in the NFL on practice squads, and I just kept getting injured. I didn't really get my true shot, so I was still trying to chase that moment. Because mm -hmm. I seen a lot of running backs, and I'm like, ah, I, I can do this. I can do this now. Like, mm -hmm. there wasn't really a belief. I just went for it. Mm -hmm. But when I got there, I was like, I could do this. But after I tore my ACL, um, that was my second ACL tear, different knee. I was just... I just sat in the room and I thought about it and I said, you know what? I'm going to walk away. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk away. This is it for me. No more football. Um, and I literally cried for like a week straight. Yeah. It's like, you know, you really going to give up? Your dad told you never quit until it's finished. Mm -hmm. And I had to, to literally pray about it. Am I finished? Because I struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said, like, what, are, what was you doing crying? Like, man up. It's like, yo, nah, this is something I've been doing since I was a kid. And I'm right there. I'm yeah. right there. I'm at my dream. And this is how it ends. I was I was torn. Um, and I just remember somebody asking me to come speak to kids. And I, I didn't know what to say to them. Mm -hmm. I I had no clue what to say to them. And as I'm thinking about what to say to them, I just remember saying, Dag, you um it's time to reinvent yourself. What are you gonna do now? Like what what are you what are you gonna do? And I had a um a student success coach in college and she helped me figure out my major. And she did, she drew these circles. And it was two circles that kind of locked together. And there was like a, 
little oval in the middle. And on Venn one diagram, side, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like an ikigai. So on one of the circles, you, 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 she had me write, what are you good at? Like, just naturally, what are you good at? Mm-hmm. And on the other side, she said, I want you to write, um, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. Right? What are some of the things and activities that you like? If you like talking, write that. And she just, you know, had me do those. So I brought that to her and she was like, okay, out of all of these, what are your top five things? So I circled my top five on each side. And she said, let's look up professions that um, correlate to these 10 things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we started writing down professions in the middle to tie all of the, the two the two circles together mm-hmm. and he was like you know you ever think you ever thought about teaching i said heck no i'm not <laughs> i never i would never be a teacher heck no she was like um well you know that's kind of what you you do anyway she, you you ever thought about social work and i was like now nah, what is social work so she explained what social work was and i was like okay i like that but i think i would like to be like a guidance counselor i want to help kids like i wanted to help the old, younger me mm-hmm. somebody you know I, although i had great parents they didn't really know how to get me into college and i wish that a guidance counselor could have told me like hey this is what you need to do yeah here's how to get you there and i was like man there's so many kids that could use somebody like me in a guidance counselor so that was kind of like my thought process mm-hmm but again, going back to being asked to speak to kids, it's like, well, what am I tell? What am I going to tell them? And what I'm going to, what am I going to teach them? Because mm-hmm. they asked me to come and inspire them. So I know what inspiration comes some type, some form of teaching. So I said, well, what can I teach them from my life? So I started to look back at my life, and that's when I started to see the young Ray Lewis. <laughs> The guy that would be standing in a circle and yelling and, and trying to motivate everybody and, you know, really trying to uplift people with their own experiences and letting them know, like, yo, you you got it mm-hmm. this close. Don't give up now. So that was kind of like my approach. And when I went and I spoke, um, I referenced uh, my one of my favorite books, uh, The Alchemist, where I was kind of telling the kids it's like the the reason i made it to the nfl was because i realized that i had a gift and within that in that that story of the alchemist there's um sorry about that in the story of the alchemist there's a shepherd boy and he's trying to find his um his purpose basically Hmm. and that's not what he called it in the book but he's trying to basically find his calling his purpose and he travels the world and he goes to see the alchemist and long story short, he ends up right back home, right back under the tree where he, he started at. And for some reason he dug uh, up under the tree and he found the treasure. That's what it was. He was trying to find a treasure. So the treasure was where he, the treasure was where he was in the beginning, right? You don't have to search for it. It's already within you. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like my message to them. And they were like, yo, that's deep. A lot of people were like, yeah, that's kind of deep. And it, I was actually preaching to my, well, not preaching. I was actually motivating myself with that. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it came out of nowhere. And that, and that was like the fifth time of me reading The Alchemist. And I'm 
and I just so happened to speak about that. Mm. And I was like, you, you, you're not going to find your purpose until you dig within. You don't have to search for it out there. It's it's already in you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, that was my aha moment. Like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do, genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're telling them that their purpose is already within them. They don't have to go searching for it. You need to take the same advice. So I was like, okay. Okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. When you did that first speaking event, um, what did it feel like? Like, when you got done, what did it feel like? It felt fulfilling. Yeah. It felt fulfilling for sure. It was like I was able to inspire somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? I was able to go back to my neighborhood as an NFL player and the kids get to see me. Mm-hmm. Right? There was there was an NFL player um, by the name of George Jamerson from where me and Kyle is from, but I never got to see him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? just an urban legend to me but for you know me to be able to go back home so that the kids can see me like you saw me on tv jumping over people and you saw me on tv scoring touchdowns now you get to see me in real life Mm -hmm. that that was something that was that was lacking heavily and were in my hometown is that you didn't see success Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i didn't see success I got to college. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, that's a lot of why we started this show is because, like, you know, everybody has their own demons and their own struggles, and I get it. I've had mine. I still have mine. Um, Everybody's got that, but we wanted to be, you know, there's there's plenty of shows like ours. There's no doubt about it. Um, But what was lacking was there wasn't any Marines telling Marine stories. For me, there wasn't. You got Jocko with the Navy SEALs and Andy Stone. You know, you got these guys doing their communities. And so I wanted to do a show where I brought, you know, it started off that way. And now it's it's morphing into what it's morphing into. You know, we're rolling with it. We're opening up different dynamics. But um, I wanted people to see that you can go to war and and really wore the way me and Kyle and Matt wore. Like, we got it on, and there was a lot, and it was the whole time. And somehow now I'm going to show you that I got back, I got better, I got well, I'm going to help you get well, I'm going to let you see. And, like, yeah, they don't see me. I'm not in their town. Um, But much like yourself, I came back home. Uh, When I got retired, I got out and I lost that purpose, man. I'm just kind of spun for a couple of years and didn't know, like, how does my war fighting uh, translate to the civilian population? What do I do now? Because I didn't want to get out. Um, and kind of same thing. I, I finally, you know, I was like, I've got to do this. I seen that, you know, I started following Eric Thomas and still doing menial jobs. And I'm like, started writing a book, started writing the book about, you know, the, the memoir about Marja and realized I wasn't a writer. Right. And so now I got to go to school. So the things I wanted to go to school for was to be a better writer. And I knew I wanted to speak to my community. I, I knew that the power in that from watching ET and, you know, these other guys do it. And, um, what's cool is, you know, like I go to school, I learn, I finished the book and then I came back and got booked for a speaking gig just after I got done 
and had my confidence up and I've learned and I'm, I'm ready and I get booked a speaking gig to go over to the Marines on Camp Lejeune where I retired out of who are getting ready to go on a pump at the, they're at the end of a leadership week and I get to speak, you know, and I get to do that. And, uh, I always ask people when they tell me they speak and I ask them about their first times. Cause it's like my first speaking event was so, uh, it was just such a, um, I think just such a, a sensation and an emotional and an emotion of like what you said, just fulfillment. Like I told myself I was going to do this and I did it and it was received well, you know? And so I felt like, you know, it's times like that where you feel like you're right where you're supposed to be like that, uh, that, uh, Will Smith, uh, uh, pursuit of happiness moment where you just, you know, where you got it. And, uh, that's how I felt when I spoke, you know, that's how I felt. I got my whole body tingled and, and just like you, you like instantly, you know, yep, that's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, like I'm here and I'm doing right what I was supposed to be doing. So I always try to ask that question. Um, you, so you get your first speaking gig that lands. Where do you go from there? What do you like? You realize, okay, this is what I want to do. What's the next yeah. step? How do you book more? Like, how does that work out? Well, I struggle. I, I struggle because after watching the playback of it, I'm yeah, I'm coaching myself, I'm critiquing myself, and I'm just like, man, that was horrible. <laughs> Stumbling over words. I'm not motivated myself from watching it. Oh, although I might have said some great things in the moment, I I prolonged it. I just had I was just talking. <laughs> that was what it was. Mm-hmm. I was motivated. I thought I was, you know, people were you know, making the, 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 the sounds like, Oh, that was good. But for me, I was just like, dang, I'm all over the place. Mm. So I struggled with it and it wasn't, um, lucrative. I needed money. I wasn't paid for that first gig. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, um, one of our friends, um, a guy that was a freshman with me on the same team with Kyle, he had ended up getting the head coaching job at the high school. So, I told him, I said, I'll come coach with you for four years and kind of help you build the program. So I ended up taking a job at the high school and coaching there. And what was the high school called? uh, Bridgeton, B-R-I-D-G-T, like Bridgeton, T-O-N. B-R-I-D-G-E-T-O-N. Gotcha. (laughs) Bridgeton. So, yeah. So we ended up, I ended up doing that and falling in love with coaching. I'm like, you know, and all coaching is is motivating as well. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the same thing, same concept. Um, but it's just playing chess with kids. Right. <laughs> 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 it's really what it is. Um, but man, I just kept going at it and I never gave up on it. Yeah. Um, but I I also found myself as I'm studying the craft, I found myself speaking like mm. the people I was studying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sometimes I would record myself and it's not coming across authentic. And it's just like, dang, I don't have to yell like E.T. I don't have to, you know, raise my voice to an extent like Inky Johnson, like Mm -hmm. those guys. Mm -hmm. I don't have to say big words like Brian Tracy Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or John Maxwell. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm I'm, I'm Jim Jim Rohn and those guys. So it's like, yo. If I can teach this to a third grader, 
everybody will get it and everybody will appreciate it. Fact. So that's that was kind of like my approach of finding my own voice. Now I'm still 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 finding my voice. Yeah. Right? Still figuring out like what works for me, what's authentic and what's going to reach the audience that I'm speaking to. Sure. Sure. Now what is um let's talk about like what's one of the one it's one of your favorite uh speaking events you did like venue wise audience wise um man one of my favorite events was a classroom i just spoke to a, a couple of kids in a classroom and it was it got deep hmm. i just i opened up my <clears throat> i just opened up my entire story and I just remember each and every kid coming to me after that class saying like, thank you. I, although I thought I was being weak in the moment, something uh -huh. just said, explain it. Just let them know, like you have those feelings too. Mm -hmm. Like everybody has those thoughts, but you know, as a masculine man, it's like, I don't want to be that vulnerable to where I open up like that. Now, what what what, what was the important. um? What were thought what, like? What's the premise? What are you talking about as far as you know, as what thoughts for a masculine man? Because I I hear that a lot too, and I'd like to d dig a little deeper into it. Right. So you know, just mentioning like, so I I'll, I'll tell you some of what what I I talked about then. Um. I told him about a moment where I was drinking every single night. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the NFL, so I'm showing up to practice drunk. I'm like, but I'm still killing it though, right? And, and that's the crazy part. I'm just, but I didn't know how to express my feelings, right, mm -hmm. and everything that I was going through. I was in love with two different women at the same time. I wanted to marry one, but I wanted to be with the other. And I st it was, it, and I remember just going, like my, my life just spiraling out of control. I'm drinking too much. I'm partying every night. I'm trying to suppress how I really feel. I'm frustrated that I'm not getting on the active roster. It's so many different emotions that I'm experiencing. I got family members, I got friends calling me for money that they would never ask me for. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm mm -hmm. I have I have people calling me for money that I, I'm like, yo, I don't even have that. I have you asking me for that type of money, like, and then um people actually getting mad at me for saying I don't have it right now. If you can borrow for somebody else, I'll give it to you later. And people getting mad at me for that. Hmm. So I'm just, I'm just, I, I expressed to him like there was one day I just walked into my, my condo at the time and I had an anxiety attack. Hmm. I just collapsed because I bottled all of that in. Hmm. Right. I, hmm. I, I'm not about to tell it like people go and tell people like, man, I really love this girl and I love that girl. Uh, uh, I don't, I didn't know how, I didn't have any emotional intelligence at all, mm -hmm. none whatsoever. So everything that I was going through, I held it in and never said anything to anybody. 
And after all of that, and all of that, you know, I have friends finding out that, you know, friends are dying and being murdered. People that I grew up with, like everything all at once. And I just got into my, I remember walking into my condo and just collapsing. Hmm. And I laid on the ground for 18 hours. And I, I, I laid there with tears in my eyes and I thought I was dying. Like I, I, I couldn't, I didn't understand like why I felt like my heart was trying to come out of my chest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after speaking with somebody later on about it, they said you were going through an anxiety attack. I'm like, anxiety? I'm used, I'm like the most calm person ever. Like I don't get anxiety. But then after unpacking everything that I was going through mentally, they were like, yeah, that's a, that, that was an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. You're, you were suffering through depression. So the only time I wouldn't feel depressed was when I drank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The only time I felt like I would, I didn't have my mind racing and I wasn't, you know, about to cry. It was when I drank. Mm -hmm. So I would drink every day and I would hide it from people. I would have a bottle of alcohol. I would have a bottle of liquor in my drawer and I would, that would be breakfast. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, until, you know, unpacking that story in that moment um that was deep for me yeah because i it was therapy for me and therapy for those students mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they started to they started to express like some of the things that they were going through and some of the things that they were doing and they were like I, i've never been able to, to tell anybody this mm -hmm. so it was just like my vulnerability allowed for them to do the same and it was healing mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. And that's awesome because like at the end of the day, I, I said this on a podcast before, but like the best thing you could ever do, the best, uh, in, in my mind, achievement you could ever have is, is to like be mentioned in somebody's success story is that person that, that aha person or that mentor that sat you down and say, hey, listen, this is okay. This is yeah. what we need to do, but this is okay. You know? And, um, you <laughs> your name will be amongst those, you know what I mean? Obviously, <laughs> those those kids probably, you know, in my opinion, they'll probably remember that conversation for a long time. Um, I love speaking and I love bringing the awareness. I love what you're doing as well. And what's sad about it is the need for it. The, <laughs> the amount of children um, and young men that are not getting positive encouragement that are not getting that mentor to step up and help them and look man i get it. it's fucking hard it's hard on everybody i don't care if you got yeah. money or if you don't got money it's hard and it's supposed to be hard it's supposed to be hard um right but damn it makes a whole lot smoother of a route when you have somebody that a cares about you even if you don't know these people if you can care about somebody you don't know I care that you do right. well in life, right? That's why we do what we do. We speak to people because I don't know the people that are going to watch this. I may never know the people that are going to watch this, but if I put it out and it makes one fraction of positive good for somebody's life, then I've done what I set out to do because that's what I want to do. And that's what you're doing. And um, I love that because we, you know, we need it, it especially now in the times like now the world is crazy. I feel like I feel like every time I turn the TV on, I got to stop watching the news because it looks like everything's tilting more and more into chaos. And um, we got to have people be in the light. 
out there like you being the light, talking to these kids, talking to these adults. Um, I was looking at statistics in NFL and kind of doing some some thinking about it because one of the things I set out to do in my program was, you know, not only bring awareness but try to reduce the level of of suicide in my community. And um, I started looking at NFL numbers and and things of that nature. And you know, a lot of people say CTE and you know head head damage is causing you know this. And I'm not I'm not here to argue it, you know, at all. Um, but one thing I do know is that if you do something from a very young age and then you spend your entire or a lot of your adult life doing that thing and you found purpose in that thing and then that thing is removed from your daily activities and routines, you will struggle with that loss, um, that loss of purpose. Like like what you said, uh, you said it earlier, I, I got to figure, I got to rediscover me. I got to find out who I am. And it's like you knew who you were since you were in high school. You were the you were the running back. You were the dog. You were the one, you know. And you rode that, rode that, rode that. Okay, when you can't be the dog anymore, what the fuck am I, you know? And that's 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 how I started seeing it, you know. Um, I wanted to be a, a senior enlisted, you know, uh, staff NCO or gunnery sergeant that just kept going back and and doing my thing. And then the Marine Corps said, "Hey, you can't do this anymore." You know, ears and psych, and you know things are bad. Thank you though, and and we'll take care of you. And it's like, oh, you'll take care of me. Um, and that's not to say you didn't, but I got I lost everything. I felt like you took everything that meant something to me away from me. And you know, an injury does that. And NFL a lot of times it's the injury. It's not even a it's not a boss or a coach or a or a uh, or a shrink. It's usually like your muscle or your tendon or your bones or your head. Something, you know, took some traumatic damage, and now all in the blink of an eye, you've run your last snap. Uh, you know, you've played your last your last down, and then when you're removed from that, it's kind of like when we when I get removed. Even if you do it on your own for fruition or your own um, your own will that whole family and that whole ideal and that whole system is now over here and you're not in it anymore. And man, that's hard. I I don't care what business or what you do. I like in the sports because I see how, um, I see how alike it is to where I come from. Like that. It's so much like it. 18. We all went to college. You went to college. We went to the Marine Corps college. Right. And then you started playing in games and you, that was your whole life. It was what you based your food around It's what you based your time around It's you know, and then boom, it's off. And now you have to sit there and say, you know, what now? And, um, and, and so I guess one of my questions would be, have you looked into not looked into, or do you, do you speak to transitioning athletes who are, um, let's say struggling with purpose or struggling, trying to reinvent themselves. I have in the past. Um, I actually created a workbook for transitioning athletes. It's called players in transition. It's called, um, the transition playbook. Um, that was something that I wanted to grow into instead of just attacking it. I actually had a podcast called the pit podcast to where me and one of my friends, we were, um, we were talking about the transition out of sports. Um, for some reason, we uh, stopped doing a podcast where life happened, and yep. he and I stopped doing that podcast. But yeah, that was that was my sole sole mission for a while. Really talking to you know athletes about that transition because it was rough for me. Yeah, man, Tr- transitions rough for you know. Every, I think all humans through 
periods of transitional phases in their lives. That's, you know, it comes with its own anxieties and its own worries and its own struggle and such. But I think the older that I get, change is good. Like change is good. It it welcomes new experiences and, and new situational awareness and maybe new culture into your life. And you can maybe understand something from a different perspective. If you always stay in the same place, you will always have the same perspective, right? So um, change is good, but it doesn't mean it's easy for sure. Absolutely. Now, what what's the, what what does it look like for you now? Like, let's plan out. Let's say twenty twenty four coming up. What do you have cooking? Where are you at? Where do you see yourself being? Um. So I'm I'm on my own now. Um. I was work with a, with a nonprofit organization. Um. But now I am traveling the world. Uh, not the world yet. But I'll be traveling the U.S. as a motivational speaker. Um, but I'm branding myself as a student success coach, student really success coach. To, Check. Yeah. Really trying to pour into our youth the same way that a student success coach poured into me when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, also with that, I'll, you know, I'll, there'll be a crazy rebrand, um, where I won't be just using my name anymore. I'll be using, you know, my actual company. Um, <clears throat> I have booked a book that's coming out in the new year. Okay. Um, well as a journal and a planner. Okay. So what's the, what's the book title or do you have a title? I, I can't tell you yet. You can't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, can't tell, I can't tell you yet. How about you tell you, how about when you publish it and it's out, yeah. uh, I buy a copy and we'll cover the book on the show. Yeah, absolutely. How it's about a, that? It's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a great one. I promise a great one and it ties into the transition hell yeah yeah man i want to touch on that whenever that's out and rolling i want to we'll link back up i'll digest it and we'll link back up and i'll have a whole new <laughs> batch of questions i'm sure <laughs> man i love to learn man i you know i i say this a lot and I, I you know i have to force myself every day to um be a man of my word but it's so much better if you are a lifelong student like if you can look at every situation as a situation in which you can learn something um, and, and and those that can learn should learn and those that can teach should teach. You know what I mean? If you can learn and teach, do them both. But you got to keep learning. Uh, don't be stagnant. So I'm happy about that, man. That's awesome. Uh, author to author. Congratulations. That's dope. Um, I am. Stay on it, man. Stay on it. Keep changing lives. I, I don't know. What are we looking at time wise over here? Hour and five. Um, Did we get into the NFL career? Or are we yeah, it was there. I kind of, I know we kind of glossed over the NFL portion, um, and, and we don't have to go back if you don't want to. But can you talk about what that's like? I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I, I know things might not pan out, and there might not have the, some of those emotions. But like even getting on an NFL training squad, being around that level of. Um, I'll say excellence. I would say any professional athlete carries a level of, of, of excellence with them that when you're around it, you could feel that. So what's that? You got it, but like, I would, what would I explain it? Yeah, man, it's, it's definitely the 1% where I'm, where I'm like, yo, this is, I made it to where less than 1% of people make it to. Mm-hmm. And while I'm there, um, I realized that, oh, I really can play football. <laughs> like, 
you know, I used to idolize these guys, and now I'm playing with them and alongside of them. Um, and it's like I had my AI moment, right? When remember when Allen Iverson, you know, crossed Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I had that moment. I had that moment in practice with Chad Greenway. Okay. One, well, do, do tell. <laughs> one, I know he's, he he probably gonna kill me for telling this story. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. That's why you're here. It's a video. <laughs> I, I don't I don't post the the video is not posted anymore. But um, in practice, I used to really do do them dirty in practice. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you do have the video, right? Yeah, I got the video. I'll uh, send it to you. All right. All right. That sounds no. great. <laughs> Dad, if you ever listen to this, man, forgive me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in practice, like Chad, Chad used to try to be. He, he used to be an asshole, man. Chad was, you know, he used to be an asshole. <laughs> and he would be purposely be an asshole to me. One, because I was a young running back. But two, because... He actually went to school with my mentor that helped me get into Milford Academy. Okay. So there was like an Iowa connection. And I'm like, man, this is one of my favorite linebackers. I actually love defense. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, my favorite players are Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, I just started playing running back. Um, so in practice, I'm just killing practice, and they're, they're kind of getting mad at me. And um, he said something, and I'm like, all right, I got you. I'm gonna get you back. He did. He said something. And he like I think he like smacked me or something. Uh-huh. Something made me mad. But I'm like I'm gonna get you back. Um, and uh, it's just me and him. The whole open up like the Red Sea. And it's just <laughs> it's, it, it's just me and him. And I hit him with a move like left, right, left, and he just tackled air. <laughs> <laughs> He, he tackled air and like rolled and like they laughed so hard at practice. They said Coach Zimmer rewound it like nine times. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all but right. Man, I used to I used to do that. Like I used to try to work my moves as if I was in in the game. Yeah. So I was like, if, if I'm going against the starting defense, I want them to be just as prepared sure. as I want to be. There. So yeah, I would give them my best, and it was just he and I, and I, and he got it. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. That's a good story. That's awesome. If you can get me the video, I will splice it in here. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> just for Chad. <laughs> Shout out Chad, but only if you tell me it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he won't mind. He had a he had a very illustrious career. I was gonna say it Everybody. might burn a little bit, but. Yeah. yeah, he'd be alright. He'd be alright. That's funny. So you still t- you still keep in touch with Kyle, or I know Kyle, I know yeah, at least we, a little um, bit, right? Yeah, we 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 talk um, on on Instagram from time to time. Um, Great dude. But yeah, yeah, Kyle's a really good dude, man. Kyle, he's always been that way too. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's good. I had uh, I had the pleasure, me and Matt, both of working with him and. Um, in that first deployment of margin, I think he went back to second deployment and, you know, became, you know, became a sniper and, and, and went along his way. But, um, 
Yeah, if you guys haven't listened to that yet, that's uh, Kyle Mahalik's episode 53. Go check it out. Uh, check it out right now. And uh, he comes from the same hometown. These guys grew up together. And uh, yeah. though they took different paths, they're, uh, they both converged back on a path to impacting people's lives and, and helping, uh, helping the communities that they live in um, in a positive way, for sure. So, um, well, Matt, you got anything else, brother? I'm good. Good. Dom, you got anything that I didn't ask about or didn't cover that that you would like to? Because I'm I'm about it. Um, not necessarily. Okay. I know we'll 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 come back once the book and everything's done. Yeah, yeah. But I kind I kind of cover a majority of my story. I, I didn't I didn't go into detail about that classroom situation because it'll be in the book. All right, right on, right on. Well, we'll get to it then. Okay. If yeah. uh, if anything else, I just have one. Um, one or two, one or two last questions. So I would say, um, <clears throat> young athletes that are out there right now that are finding success and finding shine. If you had a minute, one minute of advice to give them, or two, what would it be? Find a mentor. Find somebody that's you know either older than you, especially somebody's older than you but somebody that has taken the path that you're, you've taken mm-hmm. and that are taking the path that you're trying to take. A mentor will get you a lot further than a book will, right? Because that mentor probably already read that book or that mentor actually has the experience. Mm-hmm. Not saying you have to follow each and every step that that person tells you to take, but they're probably gonna, everybody wants to teach. Right. And everybody loves to talk about themselves. So you find a mentor and he's just start telling you everything. Listen to him mm-hmm. because he's telling you experiences and things that you can avoid. So if I if if I had one minute with any of the young players, man, it'd find a mentor because is you can't get far alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you got you got to have people, man. That's something that. You got to learn it. The younger you learn that you can't wait, like it doesn't matter. You will lose if you don't, if you don't band together, have a network of, of good people. Um, great advice, sound advice right there. So my last question is going to be, um, young kids that are in situations where they're raised on, on the wrong side of the tracks or they're in the projects or they're coming up like you did. And, and the fact of even dreaming about something uh, bigger than that town seems uh, uh, like a fairy tale to them uh, because mm-hmm. of where they are and because they've never seen somebody that's that's like them go or from where they're from go. Talk to those people. What do you got for them? Man, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard, but it's supposed to, right? And on the days that you don't feel like doing it, and on the days that you feel like just taking that wrong step, hang in there, right? That's where your discipline really has to set in. Um, For me, I would say evaluate your choices, right? You, Mm. we all know what's the wrong choice. We all know what's the right choice, right? And sometimes that choice may cause you to walk away from friends that have been friends for a long time, but 
you have to make the right choices for you, mm-hmm. not for their entertainment or, you know, being called a, a sellout or a punk for not wanting to hang with the gang. It's like, yo, that's not the ch- if that's not the direction you want to head in, you got to make the choices that are going to steer you exactly where you want to go. Because it's not our thoughts that's going to get us there. It's our decisions from the thoughts that we have. And most of the time you won't get there if your decisions don't align with what you're thinking or what you actually want for your life. Mm-hmm. So align that. That's all I would say to them is align your, your, your vision with your choices. Outstanding. I love it. I love it. Uh, show me four people that you hang out with and I'll tell you what you'll end up like. Right. So, uh, you want to be a professional athlete, sharpen, sharpen the iron with iron and stay with the people that have the same aspirations. Yeah. Now here's a quote that I I absolutely love and I say it every speech and I don't even know who was by. I got to, I got to figure this out. The quote says we are born looking like our parents but we die looking like our choices. Mm. How will you look when it's all said and done? Mm. How will you look? <laughs> How will you look? Yeah, anybody that's out there listening, that hits me. How will you look? And uh, and something else I think, you know, something else I talk about, not to keep dragging this, but you keep bringing things out. But um <laughs> like uh how do you want to be remembered it's something i tell guys that, that i talk to now and in speeches that i do like how do you want to be remembered like if you don't even if you haven't even sat down and thought about how do i want people to remember me like when i'm gone how do i want people how do how do i want them to talk about me you know, i'm gonna say i want him to say he was a two-bit crackhead that ran around with the gang the whole beginning of his life and actually ended up turning into nothing because you know he didn't have the right he made bad choices um, okay, some people like if if that's what you want, that's what you want. Cool, go do that. Um, but if that's not what you want, you should evaluate yourself, evaluate your life, and decide how do I want to be remembered. And then you need to make an action plan that is consistent with what you want. Just like you said, if if your actions and your choices that you're taking are not consistent with the vision you have for your life, you 100% will not get there. You 100% yeah. will not get there. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, I I guess I'll take, I'll take no more of your time. I think it's been awesome. Um, and I can't wait till the book (laughs) comes out. Let me, uh, let's stay in touch about that. So, so I know where to get it, where to pick it up. And, um, and yeah, man, we'll run it back when we get that, uh, get that Dom Williams knowledge out and published. It sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you guys for all that you've done and all that you continue to do, man. I, I salute you for real. Hey, man, I appreciate that. We'll link up in the future, and we'll make it happen again. Until then, guys, this is Ryan and Matt signing off. Choices, not chance to see you next time. Thank you. Well, that concludes this episode. Thanks for listening to Choices, Not Chances podcast. Please share, like, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch our podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Choices, Not Chances podcast. Thanks, and have a great day. Louisiana Gun Shop. Your firearm headquarters, specializing in concealed carry guns, ammo, and training. You can get your Louisiana permit with us. Also, a large selection of AR-15s, or if you are that build-it-yourself type of guy or gal, we have all the parts to build and customize your own AR-15. 
Glock, Sig, Taurus, Ruger. We have all the brands, both in the store or at louisianagunshop.com. Not too far. You're marking the building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah.